Matthew chapter 5. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for what our ears have already heard and the encouragement to our hearts. Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would fill every life in this room afresh tonight with the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, we thank you. Lord, the whole room was filled, and they were all filled. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, as for everyone who's saved tonight. Lord, first of all, to save, and then to fill, and to use these lives for your glory, for Jesus' name's sake. Lord, would you bless your word tonight. Bless it to your hearts. Anoint us both to preach and to hear, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 5. Amen. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice. And be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Just verse 9, if we could all read it together tonight. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Amen. It's good to be a child of God tonight, isn't it? It's good to be saved. It's good to be known as a child of the living God. And I want to take us through some uh, scriptures tonight, um, quite a lot of verses I want to go through, if you could stay with me, but it's important. But uh, just tonight, just this this wonderful truth to know what it is to be a child of God, just to know that you're a child of Almighty God. You have a Father, you have a Heavenly Father tonight. It's great to know that you're in His hand, and no demon or hell or no man or no scheme of man can pluck you from the hand of your Father tonight. Isn't it wonderful to know that we're safe in his hands tonight. But we weren't always, if we're saved, we weren't always children of God. And uh, we were once the children of disobedience, the Bible says. And if we turn over into Ephesians chapter 2, just want to follow just for a few verses here, just this thought on being a child of God. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. Ephesians 2 and verse 1. With quite a lot of verses I want to go through tonight, uh, just on this wonderful um Beatitude, blessed are the peacemakers. I was with Frank this afternoon. Frank says, is there a church on tonight? I said, yes, Frank. He says, are you speaking? I says, yes, I'm speaking. He says, what are you on? I says, I'm on uh, blessed are the peacemakers. He says, blessed are the peacemakers. I says, no, <laughs> the peacemakers are a blessing, but we're on the peacemakers tonight. So he wanted to be here, but praise the Lord. I know he's here with us in spirit. Amen. Ephesians 2 and 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead. And trespasses and sins. If you're not saved tonight, that's your condition. That's exactly what we are outside of Christ. We are dead in trespasses and sin. Where in times past you walked according to the course of this world and according to the prince of the power of the earth. That is the devil. And that is a spirit. It says that now worketh in the children 
of disobedience. This is a spiritual condition. Being lost is a spiritual condition. The only answer for a lost man is a spiritual answer, and that's Jesus Christ. And it says, Among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature. The Bible says we are now, we're first of all children of disobedience, but now the, by nature the children of wrath, the wrath of God, even as others. And then verse 4 says, But God, thank God tonight, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in, in our sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, and by grace we are saved tonight. If you're saved, would you say amen? The great mercy of God. So the children of disobedience, children of wrath. In 1 John chapter 3, just following this thought of being a child of God tonight, in 1 John chapter 3, the Apostle John uh, takes it, uh, and I'm not saying a bit further, but brings more light on this whole area of being a child of God. It says in 1 John 3 and 9, Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Now that is the new man that is in us, that is Christ. Christ in us, he is sinless. We know in our flesh we fail. We, we are flawed beings. So we know we're talking about that new man, which is Christ in us. And then it says in verse 10, In this the children of God are manifest, and also then the children of the devil. Now we've just brought some terms here outside of Christ. We are we are the children of wrath. We are the children of disobedience. And then John says that we're the children of the devil. We're the children of the devil. That's sobering, isn't it? Whosoever doth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. So we see here there are two types of children in the world. Those that are the children of God, those that are the children of the devil. Are you glad that you're a child of God tonight? Praise the Lord. When we were born again, the new birth was a supernatural, it was a spiritual experience. It's a miracle. It's the greatest miracle that can happen on the planet tonight. In this room, a man born again. It's wonderful to be born again of the Spirit of God. But in Colossians 1 and 20, it tells us there in Colossians 1 and 20, and having made peace, would you just say the word peace? Do you know, there's something, as I've been preparing this, I just constantly be saying the word peace. Peace. There's something about it when you say it. Peace. Just, just that word in itself, peace. Because we're living in a troubled world with very little peace. And here we see that through the blood of the cross, we have peace. By him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things on earth or things in heaven. So when we were born again, we have peace through the blood of his cross. This is, this is just one of the great promises of God that he has given us. We have peace. And John 1 and 12, through that new birth, we know the Bible says, As many as received him to them, give he the power. Here's the supernatural experience. 
the miracle of the new birth. He gave them power to become what? The sons of God. To be translated from one kingdom to another. To become a son. That's men and women. To become a son of God. And the Bible tells us, if you turn over into Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, just following this thought of the children of God, because blessed are the peacemakers, they'll be known as the children of God. In Romans 8 and verse 14, it tells us there, I'll give you a moment to get over into that uh, chapter, Romans 8 and verse 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We have been adopted into God's family. Isn't that wonderful tonight that you're adopted into the family of God? No longer a child of his wrath, no longer children of disobedience, no longer children of the devil, but we have been adopted into the family of God, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit, what? That we are the children of God. We are God's children, and if children, then we're heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together with him. And so as a child of God, experiencing the peace of God, being reconciled through the blood of his cross, being adopted into the family of God, we live in a world where we have this peace that the world doesn't have. We have this peace that this world doesn't have. That's what they're looking for. They're tormented. We were once like that. They're looking for an answer. They turn to every type of vice to try and find what? I just want some peace. Have you ever heard that term? I just want some peace. You remember just before you were saved and the trouble and the torment and the anxiety and the panic and the fear and the hopelessness and the sleepless nights and, and all of that what goes with it. And then when you accepted Christ as your Lord and your Savior, what happens? It's like peace floods your soul. Isn't that right? The peace of God is like that recognition. My sins are forgiven. My slate has been wiped clean. I've been adopted into the family of God. And he floods our souls with his peace. And we live in a world that's broken. Philippians 2 and 15, as children of God, we're living in a world and we're instructed here in Philippians 2 and 15 that ye may be blameless, harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of what? The Bible says, a crooked and a perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. And that's what we're living in, isn't it? A crooked and a perverse nation. That's where we are. But we are to shine as the sons of God in this world. In Ephesians 5 and verse 1, if you turn over, it says again, instructing us in our walk in this world, be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Something, as the children of God, something should come from our lives 
that this world's looking for. They may not be able to explain it. They may not be able to put their finger on it. But when we as the children of God walk into a workplace, walk into a shopping place, walk into a neighbor's house, walk into a place of trouble and torment and brokenness, when we come as the sons of God in a wicked and a perverse generation, there should be something different about us because we're salt and we're light and we're the sons of God. Isn't that right? And so we're instructed to live a certain way. Now here we see the whole essence of this beatitude. Blessed are the peacemakers. It's, it's more than like the United Nations peace force. It's not, it's not about that. It's not that peace because Jesus told us clearly it's not the peace that this world offers because it's broken. It's a broken peace. This is a different peace altogether. The peace, just the definition of peace is freedom from disturbance, tranquility. Has anyone ever said, give my head peace? <laughs> right? Have you ever said that? I'm sure you've all said that. I just want to go. Somebody's just telling us about a lovely place that went in last weekend. If you want to go somewhere where there's just peace and everyone's home, don't we all want to go? The place of freedom, tranquility, because we're living in a world that's tormented. It's broken. Like never before, we are seeing all around us, people's minds are tormented. People live in fear. People don't know where to turn. And we are the sons of God. We are the children of light. We are those that have this peace that this world's looking for. They're looking for this. They're longing for it. They, they, they can't put it all into words, but in the heart of every man, there is a, a vacuum and a, and a hole that only God can fill and the peace of God can flood. And we have this peace. We've been given this peace. In Romans 5 and 1, it tells us that we're justified by faith and we have what? We have peace. It's great to have peace with God tonight. It's good to be that he's our father. We can approach him. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We sang it tonight as well in Ephesians 2 and 14. For he is our peace. He, is, he has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Thank God that the wall's been pulled down. And we enter in tonight through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have peace. Isn't it good to have peace tonight? The mind, you know, psychology or the definition of psychology is the science of the mind or the study of the mind. We know that most of our battles come as believers in our mind. And Philippians 4 in the Bible talks about the mind quite a lot. There is a psychology in the Bible, not like the modern, a lot of the modern things that are happening today, but there is a study of the mind. And the, and the Lord talks a lot about, God's a lot to say about the mind. But in Philippians 4 and 6, and I, just again, it's important that we allow the Word of God to instruct us tonight in these areas because I feel if you're battling in your mind and you've lost your peace, 
that by faith you need to appropriate the word of God again to your life. It's the word of God that will make us free, but apply the promises. And sometimes you have to take in the spiritual aspect of it by faith the promises of God and stand on them and boot out the lies of the enemy because there's an awful lot of land spirits that are floating around and trying to attack the minds of believers, bringing them into a place of not standing on the promises of Christ our King, but believing the lie of the enemy that brings torment and fear. But here the Bible tells us in Philippians 4 and 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be be made known unto God. And then it says this, and the peace of God. So we're instructed in what we're to do. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. This is important because this is in the context of the next verse. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. Bring them out. One of the things that the enemy hates is light. He hates exposure. So when you make your request known, if there's a battle, if there's a trial, if there's something that you're going through, I'm not talking about just giving all your gory details of your life. I know there's wisdom in those things, but bringing out, folks, we need prayer. Could you pray for us? The isolation is one of the most effective tools of the enemy to isolate you in your mind. Isn't that right? And so that's why God has created the body to come together with other like-minded believers. And so we're told here, let your request be made known to God. And then it says, and the peace of God, the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Jesus Christ. Do you see it? It's your heart and your mind. The peace of God rules and keeps your mind and keeps your heart through the Lord Jesus Christ. It tells us in Isaiah chapter 26, you all know this verse, uh, Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, but it says, Thou will keep him in what? Perfect peace. Now, wonderful to have perfect peace. Isn't it? In the midst of all the stuff and the trials and the storms, you know, our, this week we're having fun. Our, no, it all happens at the one time. Our dishwasher broke down, our washing machine. That's none of my department, but I know when that department starts to malfunction, we're in trouble. <laughs> the dishes, look at these hands. For hands that do dishes, feel as soft as your face. You want to feel these? We've got the dishwasher fixed in the dish, and then the washing machine, it's done. Praise the Lord, it's good to have peace, isn't it? It's wee things that can disturb your peace. Sometimes it's not big things. Often it's the wee things, isn't it? The niggly things. It's the wee foxes. It's not the big devils. It's just the wee things that get in, start to niggle at you, and you lose your peace. So easy to lose your peace, isn't it? Isn't it easy? And it says here, Thou will keep him in perfect peace. But this is what it says. Whose mind... Where is it? Whose mind is stead on thee? Does your mind ever wonder? Do you ever get focused on the wrong things? Doesn't it happen? What happens when, when you get your mind on the wrong things? What happens? 
you lose your peace. I like it's simple, isn't it? But his mind is stead on thee. Why? Because he trusts in thee. So he keeps his mind there, but he's trusting as well. This is not positive thinking. This is a mind that's set on the things which are above, but he's trusting him. And so this peace, Webster's definition of peace, is freedom from disquieting, oppressive thoughts or emotions. Freedom from disquieting thoughts, oppressive thoughts or emotions. That's the peace. Freedom in your mind. This peace, of course, isn't just something. This peace is Jesus. The Bible tells us, we'll not look at them all, but just the last one. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23 tells us there that he's the God of peace. In 2 Thessalonians 3 and 16, it tells us that he's the Lord of peace. And Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 2 tells us he's the king of peace. And Isaiah chapter 9, that wonderful prophecy, and verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. And would you say it with me? He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. You see where the peace of God is? That's where Jesus is. See, when Jesus comes and fills a place with his presence, you know what's there? Peace. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot that has taught me to know, it's well with my soul. Peace, be still. The presence of Jesus brings the peace of God. Now Jesus told us this in John chapter 14. If you go back, he, he made us a promise. In John 14 verse 26, he made a promise to us. This is a promise for every believer in this room tonight. Here's a promise. John 14 verse 26, and we've sang about it tonight. We've heard about it from Tommy tonight. But this is what Jesus said, John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Verse 27. What's he going to leave? And what's the Holy Spirit going to bring? Peace I leave with you. Here's a promise. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Now here's, here's the difference. This is not, that's why I said at the beginning, this is not the peace that this world's talking about. This is not the peace that, that they're talking about in the, in the Middle East or in the United Nations. This is something not of this world. And he said, peace I leave, leave with you. My peace I give to you. Jesus has given us peace. He gives us his peace. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Thank God it's not like the world's peace. It's not like the Belfast Agreement. It's not like all the, the, the works and all the political things of man and all the organizations. This is something completely different. This floods the heart and the mind of a man or a woman. It's the peace of God that passeth all understanding. And this is what it says. 
Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Why could he say that? Because I've given you my peace. The peace of God. The comforter would bring the peace into our hearts. Now peace, this peace, and the reason why I'm focusing on peace before we come to peacemaker and not be too long in that is because we got to know what it is and we got to have it in order that people could know and see it in our lives. Is that right? But it's a fruit of the Spirit. If you turn over to Galatians chapter 5, the Holy Spirit would bring this peace. But in Galatians 5 and 22, we see there that it is one of the, the fruit of the Spirit. And here's the nine fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. This comes by the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. These are the evidences of Christ and the Spirit of the Lord working through our lives to the glory of Jesus. Galatians 5:22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. What's the third one? We just say peace. It's one of the fruits. It's one of the evidences of a Christian, of a child of God. They have the peace of God. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there's no law. So the Holy Spirit would bring the peace of God. It is a fruit of the Spirit. And Romans chapter 14, verse 17, a very well-known verse as well. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness and, we just say, peace. So when the Holy Spirit comes, and floods a house or floods a room, and the kingdom of God is manifested, there's righteousness, and there's peace. And praise the Lord, there's joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the peace of God. We go into a world every day, and every time we go into that world, wherever, wherever you work, whatever you do, wherever we're going on this planet, wherever we go in Balnehinch or across this land, listen the Bible tells us that our feet, in Ephesians 6 and 15, our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We walk in, all of us as, as, as children of God, we walk into situations on a constant basis. And when we walk into them, we find a world that's broken, a world that's troubled, a world that's in turmoil, a world that's afflicted, a world that's overdosing, a world that's suicidal, a world that doesn't know where to turn. Marriages are breaking down. Homes are breaking down. All around us, it's a broken world. And we are the children of God. And when we walk in, we are to be a peacemaker. What should come from our lives is the peace of God. There's something different about her. Why? Because she's got the peace of God. They see that you go through trials too. They see that you go through storms. They see that you go through difficult times. They see you go through times of tears and brokenness. But there's something different. And you've heard it so many times. People testify in the depths of troubles and trials. Somehow, I've just got the peace of God. I was talking to Brownlee the other day. And the doctors keep on telling him, do you know what we're telling you? And he says, I've just got the peace of God. In his way, <laughs> the way only Brownlee can do it. And you know, he has, you can see it. But we've got to fight for peace. 
Sometimes we've got to fight for it. You know, there's a verse that many years ago, it only came to me again today, but many, many years ago, just after I got saved, and obviously used to be running around and doing all what you do and everything about, you know, with every protest and every rally and fighting and, you know, standing Charlie Hockey out and everywhere, <laughs> all those things standing. I remember when I got saved, I was up one time at... Uh, at the graveyard in Roseland, and I walked around a few uh, headstones, and I seen all these different, you know, men from the RUC, men from the UDR, murdered, and then you came to the loyalists, and all the flags, and all the, you know, see in the end, all go to the same place, all the fighting, and I remember this verse came to me, and the way of peace, they do not know. They don't know the way of peace. And our land is riddled with conflict and brokenness and bitterness and hatred and resentment and it runs for hundreds of years. Can I say, the way of peace they do not know. That's not an agreement made and whatever. I tell you what this is, the peace that people need to know is Jesus. That's the answer for our nation. The hope of our nation is Jesus Christ. He is the peace of God. But we need to fight for peace. The enemy will attempt to take, to disturb, to make the peacemakers ineffective. Because if you're filled with trouble, you're filled with anxiety, you're filled with worry, if you've lost your peace, how can you bring peace? You know, those disciples were in that upper room in John chapter 20. Just coming to a close in a couple of minutes, but John chapter 20, verse 19, it says, the same day at evening, being the first day, this is resurrection morning. This is resurrection day. The same day at evening, being the first day of the week, the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled. What does it say? For fear of the Jews. They were gripped with fear. Then it says this, and Jesus stood in the midst and saith unto them, what did he say? Peace. He just said, peace be unto you. I tell you, when Jesus just stands and his presence is in a room, he fills every heart with peace. He just wasn't going to end there because as we already heard tonight, he said, I'm going to give you the promise. Of my father. You're going to be a witness for me. But you know what they had in their heart? They had the prince of peace. Now the cards. The deserters. And everyone that run. Could stand in streets. Could be thrown into prisons. Could be beaten. Mocked. All of them. Many of them were put to death. For the sake of Jesus Christ. Why? Because they had the peace of God. Friends we need. To know that God has promised us his peace. The Bible says let the peace of God. Colossians 3.15. Rule. Let it rule. Let it have dominion in your heart. The Bible says follow peace with all men. And holiness. Without which no man shall see the Lord. And friends see if you're in a battle at the minute. And you're. 
struggling. I want to tell you something. This is a word for someone to close. Romans 16, verse 20. Great battle going on. Great trial going on. But I want to tell you something. The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Hold the verse. Listen to it again. The God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Look to him. Believe him. Hold on. Trust him. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. We are the peacemakers. We bring the peace of Jesus. We bring the person and the presence of Christ. And this is how the world will know that we are the children of God. Let's pray together tonight. Father, we can't thank you for your word to our hearts. And we pray in Jesus' name. You know every heart in this room. Every life, Lord. Every trouble. Every trial. You know every mind and every heart, every thought. We thank you tonight that you are our peace. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that the God of peace, the Prince of peace, would come and flood every heart afresh, especially those in the midst that are in great conflict and in great storms, Lord, would you step in and simply say, peace. Flood their souls with peace. May they stand on the promise. Give them faith to apply and appropriate the promise tonight that you're our peace. In Jesus' name.